This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. We are back after a massively crazy last oh six days or so in the wrestling world top rope nation back on the air i'm ryan drosty editor-in-chief of top rope press joined by my two sidekicks as usual one of whom actually was in orlando for all the festivities as we're going to get into here in just a minute so before i introduce him let me introduce the newest member of the top rope nation crew i say that every week he's been with us for a couple months though now justin join justin what's going on tonight not much, man. Ready to ready to talk about WrestleMania, one of the greatest WrestleManias ever. I think we're all kind of in agreement on that one. I Uh-oh. think we were all blown away during the show. Wow. So I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to search some hot take to spike the ratings here. There's got there's gotta be something like that. <laughs> but I already know where you rank it, Kyle. We talked about this. You got it yeah, you we, got a specific ranking for the show already. Yeah, I'm 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 weird like that. So one of these days, I promise you, maybe over the summer, get on me to do this. I'll actually like do a WrestleMania thing, and then we can release it like in March because I think that's the only time I'll have time to write it the way I do. But um, yeah, I would say this was a fringe top ten mania. There, there are certainly a few that like it was definitely not better than. But then I started thinking, I was like, eh, you know, this was better than that one. This was better than that one. It was a really good show. It did, it did not have the one standout match, but. All the stories were told. The stories that were told, for the most part, were were good, and nothing really sucked. Yeah, I think there's a lot of WrestleManias where they have a really good main event, maybe like one other good match, and a whole lot of crap or filler. Mm-hmm. But this one was had several good parts, which I think makes it top ten almost certainly. Yeah, um, three but, people here, huh? Yeah, the guy you hear talking there, by the way, that's Kyle Ross of TopRopePress.com. You know him for the weekly SmackDown write-ups. He was the one who went to Orlando for everything, and I was communicating with Kyle all weekend. He sounded like he had a blast down there. Kyle, did you go down Thursday morning, right? Yes, very early Thursday we had a flight. It was the morning after the last show we did. Any issues on the flight down there? No, flight home sucked. It was late, but... Um, yeah, flight down there was good. Did you have a right direct shot? We actually got there a little quicker than normal. We, uh, we got settled, got myself a cocktail on the plane, and I, I was ready to go, man. We were ready. <laughs> Next thing I knew, I was at um, I was at Evolve by the, by the night, and it was we were ready. We were getting the weekend going. So Thursday night's Evolve show, what did you think of that one? It was good. Um, I think my overall 
take on the indie scene of the weekend is that we may have learned that less is more. You know, there were so many shows, and, and everyone should. You know, I mean, if you're a promotion, you obviously want to run a show, but there were so many guys that worked so many times throughout the course of the weekend. Like Matt Riddle, I think, worked six times in three days. God, that's, that's crazy. Like, um, you know, I watched him four times myself, and it's cool, but like, you know, when you're basically watching these shows and it's the same guys just you know scrambled matchups eh, i don't know it's there was nothing you know we talked about mania there was no super match this year um you know nxt there was nothing close to nakamura zane from last year and same with the indies there was a lot a lot of good a lot a lot of good but there was no stand-up there was no ricochet will osprey from last year or i think uh what else Chris Hero and Matt Riddle last year tore the house down. There was nothing. There was a lot, a lot of really good, but there was not that one match that I think at the end of the year people are going to be saying, "Oh, this was like the match of the year." There, there was nothing like that. And um, Evolve eighty was kind of a microcosm of that. There was a lot of good stuff. It got off to a good start with Matt Riddle and Drew Galloway doing a hell of a brawl. I think you posted where I was sitting. At the time, yeah, I was, right? was going to say, if you guys are following us, uh, the official Twitter account for the show at TR Nation Podcast, you can follow us as the graphic says right there. Um, you can see, uh, yeah, I did post a screenshot. I was watching the show and I was like, man, that looks like Kyle right there. So I took a picture <laughs> with my phone really quick and text to him. Yep, that was him. You were you were like two, three rows back, two, like we straight up in the entrance way. My buddy, who and you know, and I'll do respect to W. WWE and live and all the shows they added that they were good. Um, we probably won't be doing this next year if we goes. We got my buddy got the package, the ringside pack, like right when it like before the cards were announced. So we were in those seats for every show we went to for the Evolve and for Progress. Um, so it was cool. And you know that Riddle Galloway match, the big pile driver spot um, was right in front of us, and it was pretty nasty. Um, and that was good. Keith Lee and Ricochet had a very fun well-worked big man versus little man match the psychology was great i think keith lee um i'm not the only one who thought he was a real breakout star of the weekend um but uh you know some of the stuff on top in evolve 80 was eh, it was a, it was good not great um the promotion's reputation for the second best match of the weekend being better than the first or the second card of the weekend pardon me being better than the first played out because I, I think evolve 81 overall was a better show you know again keith lee shined and then the main event which was sort of the sleeper i thought of the weekend it was um kind of an unannounced street fight with darby allen and ethan page which was kind of a callback to the wild ecw brawls um that we used to get regularly from that promotion quite frankly it was better than most ecw brawls um that tore the house down too so evolve was good it was not great I have not watched 81 yet. I, I watched okay. most of 80. Uh, I, I did the whole subscribing to Flow Slam just because there were so many shows I wanted to see. And it was. There were some issues, weren't there? Um, the issues were with uh, WWN uh, for the Progress show. That one wasn't on Flow Slam. So that which one you had to buy for like we, 20 bucks. Which was great for Progress that that show was running late because we were running late getting to the venue. And That's we weren't right. the only ones, apparently. Like, I mean, uh, we were running late because we were hungover, but um, the traffic was not good either. And uh, so we got there like 20 minutes late 
And I think the only thing we had missed was Zack Sabre Jr. against Jimmy Havoc. Well, I know Justin had wanted like he wanted to watch some of these shows, but he was out of town most of the weekend. Okay. But I gotta watch several of these, yeah. So Justin, we might have to share some adult beverages and watch Evolve eighty one one of these nights. Count me in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you went to uh I was gonna say, Justin, you were at a pretty sweet place in Minneapolis over the weekend playing the Randy Savage DVD in some like arcade bar or something you sent me a picture of. Yeah, it was an arcade bar and at one point in the evening they had the final four on a TV cliffhanger point break and that macho man dvd playing it was, it was magic oh my god not cliffhanger oh, wrestlemania was... weekend you never know what you're gonna get wherever you are yeah they got it they gotta have mania in minneapolis one of these years but um, yeah i don't think it's gonna be happening for the next in the next couple from what i hear i, I hear i heard the uh some of the towns being bandied about beyond new orleans and uh they weren't minnesota it's crazy because they got such a nice new stadium there but yeah, they, they like, you know, they've got their favorite cities, and I think they're just going to rotate those. That's too I mean, bad because some of the people I was watching WrestleMania with actually commented on that when the uh, promo ran for New Orleans. You know, they're like, weren't they just in New Orleans? Yeah. I don't I don't want to see them run three or four cities constantly. I, I want to see them get around the country a little bit. But Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be – I mean, it's going to be like the Super Bowl where, I mean, the Super Bowl, it does – rotate around but i mean if you look through the history of the super bowl i mean they it's pretty much what like six cities the super bowl, i mean they always do new orleans mm-hmm. miami san diego dallas um i don't know you know they, they've gone to the midwest a couple Houston. times yeah they, yeah they're getting that's gonna be in minneapolis thing next year so mm-hmm. um I did want to mention uh, last week we did uh, had a pretty good show. I thought it was our first show with kind of the uh, souped up graphics package that you saw at the beginning of this show. And uh, so if you're watching us right now, go ahead and click that subscribe button and uh, you'll never miss one of our shows. Also, you can check us out on iTunes. The uh, audio-only version of the podcast is posted there every week, usually uh, Thursday or Friday. If you go to iTunes, if you leave us a review, uh, leave us a rating, the more reviews that we get, the more ratings we get, the more visibility we get in the iTunes search results. So that'll help us out. And lastly, um, right now we are streaming live on YouTube. This is Wednesday night. If you're watching the show on YouTube later, uh, you're seeing it on delay. If you want to watch the show live every week, be among the select few, you can head on over to patreon.com slash top rope nation and you can make a do- uh, donation Whatever you want to donate per month, you get access to exclusive shows like the live cast, um, some special Patreon shows that we've got worked up down the line, maybe even some exclusive interviews. So you give $1 a month, you get access uh, pretty cheap. You want to give 5 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month. I think with the $20 tier, uh, we give away a free Top Rope Nation t-shirt to you. We'll send that to you in the mail. So whatever works for you, we'd love to have your support. So... Uh, Back to Orlando, Kyle. So you did go to the Progress Show. How was that one? Because that one I did not purchase. I heard okay, was, things. One thing that was crazy is how much more well-attended Progress was compared to the two Evolve shows. It was filled up. I mean, it was packed. Um, I mean, the two Evolve shows were nicely attended. Um, I'd say 80. Maybe I'm wrong here. Um, but 80 seemed better attended than 81. Um I can't remember what 81 was running up against Thursday afternoon. Oh, I think it was running up against the Rev Pro show. Mm, yeah. So there was a lot more going on by Friday. Um, but the progress show, it was packed. And there was a, a heavy contingent from the other side of the Atlantic in the building there. Um, 
you know, met a lot of people who I follow on Twitter there. It was kind of cool, like people just introducing themselves by their Twitter handle and stuff. But um, yeah, the progress show was funny just because whew, we were late getting to the building. I was hurting a little bit. My buddy was really hurting. And, you know, um, what really got the crowd back into it, though, was um, there was a tag match, like middle of the show. And um, it was uh, the, the South Pacific Power Trip taking on uh, Sammy Callahan and uh, who else was it? Oh, Shane Strickland. And it was like, it was just a kick-ass match. I look over at my buddy and you would have thought it was like freaking, you know, Iron Mike Sharp against Pedro Morales, like in one of those house shows from primetime wrestling. And he was just like no expression on his face. But um, I think he was the only one who didn't enjoy it. That was really good. Um, the U- WWE UK Championship match was a little disappointing, I thought, as was Pete Dunne, Mark Haskins. They were both good, but again, neither were blow away. But I'm just probably being nitpicky there. I thought the progress show was probably... Mm, I don't know if I liked it better than Evolve 81 or not. Honestly, I think I did. I think I did. I, I'd say the progress show is better than either Evolve show. So you went to six shows. You went to Evolve 80, Evolve 81, uh, progress. the progress show, the super show then, I'm guessing. Yes. The super show Saturday night, which was very good. That was not because that was going against NXT and Ring of Honor. That that The attendance there was weighed out. Yeah. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know, I think when that show was set, it was set with the mentality that NXT was on Friday night, going to be Friday night because they flip flopped those this year. That in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So uh, that show was, and then I went to Mania, obviously in Raw. Uh, Justin, did you see Takeover or the Hall of Fame at all yet, or just Mania? Um, <clears throat> I watched the uh, tag team match for the NXT show just because I heard so much about it, and I haven't had time to watch any. Oh no, and the Alistair Black match because I just wanted to see him. Um. And just some highlights of the Hall of Fame. So I, I, I got a lot to catch up on this weekend. Kyle, did you see the Hall of Fame? Yes, I did watch the Hall of Fame. We went back, I went back and watched it, yeah. Did you watch it down in Orlando, like where you were staying? Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah we, 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 I watched it in like two parts. I think we got home. I think part of it I watched live, and then the other half I watched the next morning, if I remember correctly. Okay. That was a pretty was, good Hall of Fame was, show. I thought it was one of the better Hall of Fame speeches mm-hmm. or Hall of Fame ceremonies, to be honest I, I do have one gripe with the Hall of Fame, though, that I've been saying for a few years. They they got to put that thing back in theaters. I I hate having it in the in the arena, with everyone's just dressed up like they're at a typical wrestling show. I I liked it when it was at the theater and you were supposed to dress up a little bit. And it was it was really hard to get tickets. I went in Chicago in '06 and it was ridiculously hard to get tickets. We wound up with tickets in the upper upper level, but it seemed like this exclusive thing to go to. The tickets said right on it. You had to dress up formal attire and it made it kind of special i i hate when they show maybe it's, it's, i'm just weird but i hate it when they show the wrestlers and they're all dressed up and they like pan the crowd and it looks like a bunch of people that just walked in off the streets i, I don't like that i i have a lot of issues with the fans that i'll be talking about <laughs> through the course of this program yeah i all of the me and my whole group that was down there when we were watching the hall of fame we had the same thing we're like you know what this hall of fame uh ceremony could do without the fans yeah seriously the chance and the stupid yeah, like one stuff. more match you know and like again you know guys that got one foot in the grave yeah one more match <laughs> yeah they need to make that exclusive again they they need to hit up the theaters i think but mm-hmm. 
but yeah, you know, they want to make money. So yeah, <laughs> it's but at the end of the day, they get charged more because you know supply and demand. They got less tickets to go around. People will pay it to go. And if the current WWE business model has proven anything, it's that you can get a select few to pay more, and that works. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, the cost of Mania tickets this year. The real good ones were, were, I think, the highest ever, maybe, or something. I don't know. like Several thousand, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's their business model now. They've got the hardcore fan base who's willing to pay you know, whatever to go to these things. And, you know, yeah, that, that's kind of the business model. Um, I want to get into WrestleMania because I know anyone watching, they want to hear the thoughts on WrestleMania, Kyle's experience at the show. But one more thing about the indie shows he went to. So you saw Matt Riddle and you saw Ricochet. Those two are kind of like two of the biggest names on the indie scene right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you compare the two as far as whose style do you prefer more? Who do you think was more polished? Obviously, Riddle hasn't been wrestling as long as Ricochet, but I would say, I mean, it depends what you they're not the same guy. I mean, it's tough. I mean, if you're talking about who do I think would find more success in the WWE, the answer is Matt Riddle. Um, but you know, Ricochet is certainly still one of the great high flyers. And I, again, I can I go back to the psychology of the Keith Lee match where. It was a very kind of old school big man versus little man match, um, you know, where Ricochet was doing his high flag offense and Lee was just shrugging it off at first. But as the match went on, it started working. He won with the 630. Um, I don't know how to answer that, really. I mean, they're both very good. Yeah, I I'm a huge fan of Ricochet. I know we texted about this. I th- I think Ricochet is the number one talent on the indie scene. But I I've heard a lot about Matt Riddle. I've only seen him work a few times. He is ungodly over Matt Riddle. I mean, yeah. he's got a he's. I mean, it it, it was well, one thing I wanted to mention here. This was the sequencing of the matches because so many of these guys were working so many shows. A lot of times, like, the first match of the show would have, like, a big name in it. Like, it caught me and my buddy, Chad, way off guard when at Evolve 80, like, Riddle and Galloway, they started the show. Mm-hmm. Which made sense, because Riddle was working later in the night against Dan Severn at the Joey Janela show, which, sadly, I did not go to. I was very upset when I woke up, and I, I think I read Abby's uh, recap. It was Abby that did it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I read a recap. I was like, oh, I should have been there. Um, I should have stayed. Glacier. What's that? <laughs> Miss Glacier. Yeah, I know. Freaking <laughs> Glacier. That, that's crazy. I'm definitely going to go to that show next because I know he's doing another one in New Orleans. I'm just going to go to that because it's cool. It's just different. You know, it, like I said, some of these other shows, you just kind of felt like you were watching almost the same promotion. Um, yeah. So it, at least it was different. But, um, yeah, you know, Riddle and Galloway let off that Evolve 81, and it was like, wow, you know, this is kind of what I was looking forward to the most in its first. Yeah, but, I thought I, th- I thought that Ricochet Lee match that you were talking about was really really good. If you guys haven't seen that, seek that one out. Evolve eighty, um, and, and Keith Lee and Donovan Dijak was great from Evolve eighty one as well. Um, I haven't Keith seen that Lee, one like, yet. Yeah, because Lee worked less than some of the other guys. I think it gave him an easier opportunity to shine in those two matches. Going yeah. back to my earlier point. So the tag match at TakeOver was the one everyone was talking about. Um, I thought outstanding match. Justin, uh, let's bring you into the conversation here. What do you what did you think of that tag match? You noted that that was uh, one of the parts of TakeOver that you saw. Yeah, I mean, the revival in DIY are just on another level. And the story they told in that match was incredible with those two teaming up against uh, the Authors of Pain. And the table spot was great crowd was super into it the 
superplex to the outside. I mean, just, I, no complaints. I, I did, I didn't even bother me that uh, Authors of Pain won. I thought that was appropriate. I didn't mind it because then I'm thinking both the other teams are coming up to the main roster, and <laughs> we well, saw, we saw I, on Monday night. I would night, keep DIY so. down there just for guys because I think Gargano. They've got to do the split, and they should do, and they need to do the split down in NXT, where it'll mean something. And Johnny Gargano, I believe, because right now with Nakamura gone, they don't have a, a top face they can build around, a top singles baby face to build around in NXT. Yeah. Johnny Gargano can be that guy as a single, I believe. I I would agree heavily. I agree. He, he seems prime. For- that spot once they do the breakup i've been waiting for that breakup for a long time i didn't think they would be together as long as they have been yeah i know i i would have thought that you know every kind of takeover you're you're, you're thinking okay this will be this will be when they do it but they've kind of put it on the back burner at least i mean they were certainly teasing it like last summer oh yeah they, during was. the cruiserweight tournament yeah and i you know i was before we went on the live here take you behind the curtain we're recording wednesday i was looking at the nxt um taping results and there's been nothing of the sort. I actually don't even think DIY was. I think they've worked one match so far. So, yeah, I uh, got a confession to make. The uh, main event with Rude and Nakamura. I started watching it um, late Saturday night, and it was like I had to start the show on delay. And I watched everything. Was really in the tag match, like I said. And I got up to the main event, saw Rude's entrance, which was awesome. Uh, Nakamura's entrance. The first couple minutes of the match, the match, 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 and I totally fell asleep in my recliner, and I watched the main event yet. So, either, I know. Uh, so, Justin, you haven't seen the main event yet either, I don't think. No, uh, I, I wasn't really a big fan of their last match, though. Yeah. Really? Oh, I really liked the last match. I thought that was I thought that was way better than any match that Nakamura had with Joe, the last one. What did you think of their match this week? It wasn't as good as the second one, but it was okay. Um, okay. I think overall, this takeover. You know, it just seems mean to say hey, it was one of the weaker ones because it wasn't a bad show. But I, I think this one was, I think, as a whole, maybe one of the less interesting ones. And what hurt the main event, and this is a dynamic that I think they need to address internally, is people, A, knew Nakamura was going to probably leave after this match. And B, and this is the key with him being a babyface challenging for a title, they want him to leave. So they actually, the fans don't want Nakamura to win the title because that means he wouldn't be going to the main roster. And that Mm -hmm. creates kind of a bizarre dynamic um, in the booking. So that's something that I think they need to be cognizant of moving forward when they book these guys who people want to see on the main roster. And it's pretty clearly their last match. They kind of had that with Balor, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, we saw Balor on Monday night. We'll get to that Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit later. Um so let's just go right into WrestleMania now. Okay. Uh, so overall, I thought, like we said at the beginning, top 10 WrestleMania. I thought it was just a great show. I, I was tweeting on our Twitter account a little bit, on my Twitter account throughout the show. If you follow our Twitter page, most of the time live tweeting is Justin. He is our, uh, our supreme <laughs> tweeter over here at, at TR Nation Podcast. Had some good ones going out. But, uh, yeah, I was... I don't know. I was disagreeing with some of the people that I was either watching it with or texting back and forth during the show, but I'm like, this is a really great WrestleMania, and I don't, I don't see how anyone could have any major issues with the show. No. 
No. There was there was no there was nothing that's like, oh, this is just terrible, and I'm just going to stop my feet, and this was so wrong, and the company has really hurt itself with this decision. I mean, even some of the stuff that I thought was that I didn't personally like on the show, it wasn't. It's not disastrous by any means. The only problem I had with it live, which I wasn't very happy about at first, was I didn't think at first. Let me preface this that by saying at first, I didn't think that taker reigns should have gone on last at first but then when i saw how it ended with taker's retirement walking off and the big ovation for him then it was like well of course it had to go on last there's no way they could have put that on it yeah was it like wade keller who has seemingly lost his mind this weekend with some of his takes i didn't see anything that he wrote that was suggesting (laughs) that reigns taker should not have gone on last there's no yeah there's no way you could have put that anywhere else on the show the way it ended now if it no. would have ended with just reigns victorious yeah then that no way should have that main invented but with what they had planned with taker yes. it was kind of his moment um it really wasn't about reigns winning in the end it was about taker's retirement and exiting yes. the rings that should have been the well you know, reigns winning is going to matter in the long term but well yeah right you had they not done what they had done with taker it would have been one of the worst main main events probably ever yeah, but uh, because of that, I think the sloppiness of the match will be forgotten largely. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the main event, Justin? Uh, I loved it, and the, the sloppiness of it didn't really bother me that much, just because of yeah, Undertaker was obviously in a lot of pain Ooh. in the match, and um, so that that kind of added to it. And just like the the reverse tombstone that they mm-hmm. couldn't quite get up. A lot of people were shitting on Reigns, but I'd put that on The Undertaker. He oh, was kind of jumping at oh, yeah. awkward moments and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no way. Yeah, Reigns would have to awkwardly deadlift him to have done that. Yeah. yeah. I'll, that, get to, I'll get to my thoughts on people who had a problem with Roman Reigns. That <laughs> well, we're, the, we're getting to it. There, there was, and there was a lot of good stuff. There's some like real heel stuff with Reigns, like when he rolled out and then rolled back in and did the Superman punch. That that was great. Uh when Taker was kind of almost blindly reaching for the chair, next thing you see is Reigns foot on it. And then and then like the moment I was hoping for was for Reigns to kind of go uh, you know, Austin on Rock at X seven. It didn't quite get to that level, but it came awfully close. And uh mm-hmm. I loved the whole thing. I thought Reigns carried the the guilt and the glory of uh beating the Undertaker uh, really well. I, I'm I'm all on board the Roman Reigns Express, especially after Monday night, which we'll get to. <laughs> the Kyle, guilt I, and the glory. I like that a lot. That was good word choice there. The guilt <laughs> and the glory. <laughs> no cue cards even. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to throw back if you've been watching our shows. Uh Kyle, I have been dying to hear what the fans in Orlando were saying during this match. And you you kind of gave me a preview via text message uh I think late that night or early the next morning about what you had heard some people saying. All right. Let's let's start the rant right now. Okay. There was this guy sitting right in front of me. And first of all, I, I need to mention something. You know, people talk about the WWE and, and some of its faults and whatever. Some of them are valid. Others aren't. I got to say, the company, I really want to just get this out of the way before I talk to the show about the show. They did us a real solid. So we got to our seats pretty early. We were there, oh, geez, like 4 o'clock, 3, in the, so a full hour before the pre-show started. And we get to our seats, which were Good. We knew they were good. They were on the, uh, they were in the riser section, and sit in them. Look out to the ring. Total obstruction by the pole. 
and I'm like, oh, fuck. And like, so my other, but my buddies were like, oh, come on, man. Uh, they're grumbling a little bit. I was like, oh, boy. So it did kind of, I was like, all right, can I make do with this? Is this okay? And, you know, I was thinking back, God bless his soul, because I don't, this will probably be the only time he's, I've ever sought this person for sage advice, but Brian Alvarez, I remembered some of the, uh, I think it was Mania 29, he had talked about so many people having issues with obstruction and that they had found people in the arena and asked to move, and many of them had gotten moved. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to complain. So found a guy on the floor, worked the work for WWE, and um, real nice guy, didn't get his name or anything like that. But I was like, hey, man, I got six buddies. We're from Ohio. You know, we're trying to watch a show. We got a big freaking pole right in our way, man. He's like, all right, all right, all right, let me see what I can do. Come back to me. Come back to me in ten minutes. Came back to him in ten minutes. He gave us great seats. I show. I sent you the picture of where we sat. They moved us. Big props to the WWE man for doing that. I will say this though: our entire new row where we wound up sitting were people from our old row. So like <laughs> right. they followed our lead, and and once they saw me pull off the trick, I think they did it too. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of uh, re- we had a real refugee section, if you will, over. <laughs> 121 i have the picture loaded on my phone that you sent me and yeah he's looked to be you guys can see that pretty good seats pretty good view so we were were right across from the entrance so it was great um but uh the one thing that was not so great about section 121 was this freaking knob in front of (laughs) here we go who looked like someone shit in his cereal when (laughs) reigns pinned the undertaker like he was like, he was pouting. Like, and this was not like a child. This was, he probably wasn't as old as me, but he was late 20s, early 30s for sure. This dude was pouting. When he's like, how can they let him win? The guy only does four moves. Are you kidding me? And I was just <laughs> looking at this guy. I was like, dude, what a fucking mark you are. Who didn't think Roman Reigns was winning this match? <laughs> you should have like, said, do what? you know who I am? Like, <laughs> My name is Kyle Ross. <laughs> I was just like, what kind of fucking idiot thought The Undertaker was going to win this match? Yeah. I mean, Nerds! Yeah, I mean, this guy, and I'm not even getting into the guy. By the way, you guys, I, I respect. But some of these other people who are like against Goldberg over the weekend, there was one during the match. Hideous. I'm not even going to dignify with some tool down the row was calling Goldberg. It rhymed with bag, uh, if you get my drift. I mean, that's just classless. And then there was this tool at Raw who was wearing a Star Wars shirt. He had a beard, red Star Wars. So if you're if you're listening to the show and you were wearing a red Star Wars shirt, <laughs> and he had a pretty, and, and admittedly you have a pretty nice beard, and you were uh, in section <laughs> 115, you are the freaking worst. Because he was like totally shouting at Goldberg during that nice promo we cut after the show went off the air. And I and I just I just kind of like yelled over Star Wars sucks and he gave me a really nasty look. <laughs> Guy in the red shirt, you just made Kyle's list. Yeah. Yeah, you made the <laughs> list. There, there are just like there are people who think they're smart wrestling fans that are really dumb, in my opinion. I, that's something that was one of my major takeaways from this weekend. There are a lot of wrestling fans that are really smart. Like I I was when I was in line for Evolve 81, I had to chat with a guy, knew his stuff, knew what he's talking about. I wound up sitting with him at the show, too. But, um, you know, there are a lot of smart wrestling fans. But, God, there are some people who think they're smart, don't know a damn thing. 
Uh, the, the majority of smarks nowadays are the ones who are getting worked more than uh, yes. marks. Yes, yes. I mean, like, you know, it's just like, um, you know, the anti-Reigns, anti-Cena crowd. I mean, they're the biggest marks in the bunch. It's like what Brian Pillman said. A mark is each and every one of you sorry sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. What's a smart mark? A mark with a high IQ? <laughs> I know that uh, Justin has jumped aboard the Roman Reigns train recently. I am not fully aboard, but I I will say I like him more than I used to. I I don't know that he warrants the main event spot that he's in, but I don't think he's a bad wrestler like people like to make out. Um, I think he has a certain aura about him that, like as you saw on Raw on Monday night, Mm -hmm. is is starting to hit that main event level. But I want to say I see a lot of stuff on Twitter that almost makes me want to like really cheer him hard because like what you're saying is some of the stupidest comments you've ever yes. read. Like you're just like, yeah, like Justin said, you're buying into what they want you to believe. So you think you're smart, but you're actually getting worse. Really yeah. yeah. Like there were people, I saw a tweet. I cannot, somebody legitimately tweeted this. I think it was at Wade Keller. Somebody tweeted this during the show. You know, if it was up to me, I would have put that mixed tag on the pre-show. And it's like, do you know anything about professional wrestling? <laughs> Fan. Like, yeah, John Cena on the pre-show at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and yeah, for Ar- of course, he would have put Aries and Neville in that spot, too. Like, come on, dude. A lot of people thinking with their feelings, that's for sure. Yeah. Come on, dude. The Aries and Neville match should have got more time, though. I think. And, you know, I think. Dude, it got like 15 minutes. Yeah, I was, yeah, saying, I was like right around 10 minutes live, but it might have been 15. But it seemed to go really quick. Like. They got this two-hour pre-show, and yeah. I don't know. To me, it seemed pretty quick. It, but. You know, it's funny because everyone's like, oh, maybe this should have got more time. Maybe that. Man, I mean, you know, at the same time, everyone's like, the show went seven hours. You know, I mean, what can you do? I We were talking about it on the way home because like, that seemed to be, if there was a criticism of this show, uh, it's too long. And last year's show, de- it definitely felt long when I was sitting on my couch, 32. But I think it's just kind of like, a three-hour raw now. It's just something you got to come to grips with. WrestleMania is a seven-hour experience now, man. It's crazy. It, oh it is. God. And but we were all talking. We're like, okay. If you say the, if you just say it out loud, seven-hour wrestling show. That seems pretty preposterous and excessive, right? Like, it, like I came home. I told my wife. I'm like, yeah, WrestleMania lasted seven hours. Or like, eyes freaking fell out of her head. She's like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like. We were talking the guys when we were down there. What would we have done to shorten the show? And honestly, it was basically like the unless if you want to go back to like the WrestleMania three carts, so they get to the ring quicker. I don't know what you can do because it was basically like the intros did take forever sometimes, but that's part of the show. They love these cool, larger than life entrances. Well, and you can't you can't do the carts because that would take away from. Randy Orton's giant sperm that he walked down with. Yes, yes, a lot of people <laughs> talked about that. Yes. Oh, that was weird. Yeah, yeah what did what, what did you think? That match. So the the entrance got a lot of hype before the show. I thought probably the coolest WrestleMania set of all time. What did you think of it live? It was cool. Yeah, when I walked in there, because so we were to the side of it where we were originally sitting, and I looked. I'm like, this thing is freaking huge. I guess it was like 80 yards long. Mm-hmm. Somebody said I'm talking smack. Like 86 last night. yards or something like that. Yeah, that. I mean, it looked cool though. The the only criticism I had of it is, 
whoever the light guy was sometimes got a little wild and we were sitting directly on the other side and like there, there were times I was blinded. It was like 8 p.m. and I was putting blue blockers on so I could like see what was <laughs> going on. I actually did see a lot of complaints on Twitter. A bunch of people couldn't even see the ring because of the lights. Yeah, yeah. They figured it out. It, it, for me, it was never like a long-term thing, but there were just a couple occasions where I'm like, Jesus, somebody turn the freaking lights down, man. <laughs> so um, anything else on Reigns Taker before I move on? Anything else you heard in the crowd that blew your mind? Uh, from, from I mean, what was the atmosphere like as you were exiting the arena, I guess? Because it probably took you a long time to get out of there. Yeah, you know, I, there was, there did seem to be some fatigue, I think, from the um, crowd. Like, it, people were not, like, going wild. or I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it, the way the show ended, I don't think you were supposed to leave, like, going crazy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, there was nothing new. I mean, I think the feeling in the arena during that match is what you would expect the majority of people uh, were booing Reigns. Um, I th- I'd like to think most of them knew he was winning. The match itself was not good. That's on Taker. I don't care what anyone says. Taker was really, really bad in that match. Um, now, it makes sense for him to come out. I mean, the idea, well, he shouldn't have even worked. That's ridiculous. I mean, Taker should have laid down to do a, a big job, um, as he did there. Um, so... But but he, he he sucked. Like he should not wrestle again. He's just he he needs that hip surgery so bad. It was yeah, it was I mean, obvious. Yeah, I just felt bad for him. I mean, I'm not like dogging the guy. I mean, he's just he just it's gone, man. Like something the body at this point is just saying, no way. I, I did really love the spot. I always had thought in my mind when Undertaker finally does kind of bow out, the a great spot would be for him to try to sit up and not do it anymore. Yes. So that, that was a before really, that was a really good spot uh, that they did. And I like that they did it. I've was, seen him do that before in a big match, and I can't remember what match it was, but mm-hmm. I agree. It's okay. well done. I've definitely seen him do it before. I can't remember. Maybe you guys can leave a comment here if, if you're watching. But, uh, yeah, that was a nice touch. I like that. Justin, you have something? Oh, no, I was just going to agree with that. I thought that was terrific. So did you guys see they're actually – one of the wrestling betting sites is actually already taking odds that he's going to be in the Royal Rumble next year <laughs> and oh, actually yeah. win it. I think it was 20, 20 to 1 odds that Taker would win the Royal Rumble next year. You might have buddy who I was because like I was like, oh, I wonder if on Raw they're going to give Taker the flair treatment from the last time they were in Orlando. He's like, eh, no, I bet you Taker's going to work WrestleMania. I was like, no way he's going to work WrestleMania next year. He's like, never seen it. You know, every year everyone thinks it's his last one and it isn't. So. I would be shocked though if if he worked next year. But they had some like ridiculous names, um, like for the Andre Battle Royal. I remember a couple weeks ago on those betting odds sites, like they still had Shaquille O'Neal listed. Yeah, even though like he had said, "I'm not doing it." So the Andre Battle Royal. Let's hit that real quick with uh, we don't, Bojo. Oh, we don't talk about and Neville at all. Well, yeah, we can talk about that one too. But just since you mentioned the Andre Battle Royal, okay. what, what did you guys think of Mojo winning? Because I thought that I know they wanted to get the uh, mainstream pub with Gronk and everything, but is that really worth it when, like, long term wise? I, I don't know. It seemed like Braun Strowman went out pretty dang early. I it, the only thought I had was I, I really want Cesaro to become best friends with Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Um, so. I was joking, especially when they had shown Gronk on screen. So, you know, at this point, I was feeling pretty good. I was like, 
maybe close to peak buzz when that match was going on. And I had a buddy <laughs> and we were, we, we were like, we had decided we were totally turning on some of these idiot fans that we didn't like during this show. And we kept yelling during this match, actually Mojo's a dark horse. It's like with our big thing, we kept yelling. And, um, when Braun and show went out relatively early, it seemed to kind of kill the crowd. Actually, people were just shocked, I think. And, because they had built it's 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 not one of those things like, oh, I think the this guy should win, and you know, and you know, I'd heard rumors that he would. It's like they built kind of they built that confrontation up on TV pretty strong. And it really didn't happen. They stare they did the face off, and then they did that like Hulk Andre spot from that Saturday night's main event battle royal. Remember, where like they're ready to face off, but then like all the guys jump on them. And that was it. And I was like, ooh, that was kind of a weak payoff. But, um, you know, I wrote my SmackDown review last night. Look, yes, Mojo won that match because he's best friends with the greatest tight end in NFL history. But if he gets pushed up properly out of it, then that's fine. I mean, they, you always got to find new baby faces. And, you know, God bless it. If Mojo gets pushed, then it's the right move. Yeah, it, for some reason, it didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. Um, I mostly felt bad for Big Show if this really is his last WrestleMania. Yeah, that's how he yeah, goes out. Especially because he was supposed to work Shaq, and he got in such great yeah. shape. Yeah. So, like, for him to get dumped, you know, like that pretty quickly, and that does kind of suck from his perspective. But, you know, other than that, it was a typical battle royal where 90 to 95% of the participants don't even matter. Yep. Usos, you know, your SmackDown Tag Team Champions, they were just treated like nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I I think to a certain extent in a battle royal, you can be kind of protected because it's not like you got pinned. You got thrown over the top rope, but it, it doesn't make you look too bad in, in the long run. But I I really thought Big Show was going to win with this. Oh, really? Oh, I thought Strowman was going to win for sure, especially because it looks like they're setting him up uh, to challenge Lesnar down the line. Yeah, I think I think in our on top rope press in our preview article that Abby and I did, I picked Show just because word was starting to get out this could be like his farewell too and i thought well they might do it for him let him win this kind of like you were saying he put in so much work for wrestlemania this year and mm. couldn't get the deal done with Shaq, so it could be kind of a way to make amends but it, it, to me you know again we have to let it play out see who gets put, what they have in mind for the two of them but you know mojo honestly would have been my like if i were doing the odds would have been my third choice because they kind of made a big deal about him announcing it and you know as soon as they showed gronk was there i was like oh Mojo may win this. And it was, you know, to be honest with you, it was a cool thing to get Gronkowski involved. It was enjoyable. I mean, it's not like I'm weeping for the career of Jinder Mahal, who, Jesus <laughs> Christ, man, I mean, this guy, what an off-season workout program he had. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, looking kind of freaky, that's for sure. Yeah, man, wow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Neville and uh, Aries, I thought, solid match. First match, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was the first match. Um, I liked how, and I don't know, Justin, if you thought that if you caught this too, um, I really liked how, um, you know, the agents have been going crazy a lot with these like eye rakes leading to the finish, it seems, especially on the SmackDown side. Um, but this one really made sense because Aries had the eye injury and that played yeah. into the finish, you know, because at first I'm like, yeah, it's kind of weak. And then my buddy's like, oh, you know, Aries, that eye, you know, it, g- it gave out. I was like, oh, okay, that made sense. Yeah. And, uh, I Neville having to break out the uh, the red arrow for the win. Like he yes. only does that when he absolutely needs it, like he did with uh, Jack mm-hmm. Gallagher. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought it was solid. I mean, I was not I was not one of those people expecting this to be like, you know, like a top 10 Mania match ever or something like that. No, so yeah. to me, this match is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I think it's just kind of odd how you have two guys that weren't involved in the, the cruiserweight tournament last summer, and they're, they seem to be the guys taking this up a notch. I think yeah. I'm, a, I'm more interested in the cruiserweight division than I have been in, in months right now. They, and need, those guys guys. A lot. they, they, they need more top-tier guys. I mean, you know, the guys that they did get from the cruiserweight classic weren't necessarily the stars. I mean, the whole thing, in retrospect, is they wanted Kota Ibushi. Yeah. They wanted Zack Sabre Jr., and neither of those guys signed. I mean, those were like the two favorites coming in. And they wound up having to put TJ Perkins over. And, you know, Perkins looked great in that tournament, but he's not a big star. So how about if we need uh, another cruiserweight, how about the first person eliminated from the Andre Battle Royal, Kalisto? Yeah, I don't know why they don't have him doing those matches because Kalisto's a damn good worker. And, you know, him just, like, jobbing to, like, Dolph Ziggler is just such a waste to him. Yeah. Um, Well... One other thought I had on the pre-show was how the mighty have fallen in regards to Dean Ambrose and the Intercontinental title on the pre-show. Uh, some of that is just due to the fact that uh, the car was just so packed this year. I mean, we talked about it leading into the show, how where are you going to put these matches? We're 12 matches deep and had some title matches left. But, man, his stock has really fallen with the company, I think. Uh, well, you know, the thing is, People got all upset when this, for whatever reason, that the SmackDown women's match was going to be on the pre-show. And, you know, I, it was a late change, right? Like, I was in Orlando, I think, when I had read that it wasn't going to be anymore. I'm positive I was. It yeah. might have been, like, Thursday night or something. I remember looking on my phone, though, and seeing that. I was like, oh, okay, so just going to do pre- two pre-show matches. But then that Andre Battle Royal ended kind of early. I'm like, are they going to squeeze something else in here? Because they didn't announce the IC for the pre-show. And my buddy's like, I wonder if it's going to be Corbin Ambrose because, you know, compared to some of the other stuff, the build wasn't that big. I mean, they did the one big angle with the forklift, and Corbin called him out a couple times, but that was it. And um, for that match, I actually went and met someone in a different – many years ago, I I did a different podcast. and I had a listener over in the U.K. um, who I'd stayed friends with on Facebook, and he happened to be in the arena, and we connected, and I went over and talked to him actually during that match, which was pretty cool. Liam is listening. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. Yeah, and you know this was is this match suffered a lot because once it was put on the pre-show, you knew they weren't changing the title, so it was just there. And I mean, certainly, I think we're all going to be in agreement. The SmackDown match blew it away. Oh yeah, yeah. The only the, actually the only thing I really liked in uh, the WrestleMania match was Corbin booting Ambrose in the face during uh, his first rebound clothesline attempt. Yeah, I think it's just a sign that they have too many titles. Did you guys did you guys see that uh, column on I think SB Nation where uh, there's a female writer on there and she like never watched wrestling before and she wrote like a live blog as she watched WrestleMania. I did not see. Did you that. see that? It was getting a lot of retweets on Twitter. I think earlier today or yesterday. Really good. Check it out. It's pretty entertaining. But I'll, I'll to check it out because some SB Nation stuff I can is. Yeah, this is this is good though. She okay. got some shout outs from people in the industry. I saw. Oh, okay. Well, I'll check it out. Twitter page. But uh 
it's pretty funny and one of the things she mentions all the time is like i guess this is for another title i'm confused you know like if you're getting into wwe and you're watching this with as many belts as they have and the universal title and the wwe title and all mm-hmm. like it's confusing i mean <laughs> it is personally, here's a discussion we had group and we wouldn't i don't think we ever resolved anything we were watching should the women all be on one, or should the women all be on one show and the tag teams all be on another show? Yeah, we. I think we talked about that last oh, week, and okay, I think that, was, that would be maybe that was you guys yeah. I talked about that with. I don't know. I've yeah. talked wrestling last week. I don't know who I'm talking about. I really like that idea because it gives you so many more options in the women's division, and especially the tag division, which really needs depth. I think there's only so many matches and feuds mm-hmm. they can do in the tag division. Well, they're going to do this shake-up thing, and we'll get to that later, but. Um, yeah, you're with the title situation, right? And it hurts. That's where the Mania card becomes so bloated because you have to have two women's title matches. They didn't do two tag title matches, but you know they could have. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I'm just. I see why they do. They each brand has a world champion, but there's probably somebody smarter than me that could make an argument a compelling one that there should be one traveling world champion and then the U.S. and the Intercontinental should be like the top belts on the brand. It would make titles certainly seem more important. Yeah. I hate having two world champions. And I mean, It was a bad idea in WCW 93. I always said that when, <laughs> when they did the split world title in the first brand split, I'm like, I'm like, man, they're going 93 WCW on us? That was like one of the most, pardon the pun, universally shit on <laughs> ideas ever. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't it didn't work good in the first brand split, so I'm not sure why they decided to do it again. I liked when they had the traveling champion in the first brand split for very briefly when Brock did it, I think. But uh, yeah, that was like that lasted for like four a month months, until <laughs> yeah. Triple H was handed the big gold belt. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it might have only been a month. I don't I don't know because Brock won the title at SummerSlam, and yeah, I feel they, like they in September Triple H already had the title. Yeah, well, they have the title like going around before then i mean like because remember they kept changing it like hogan had it undertaker had it uh the rock had it for a month no, so, yeah that was the undisputed title yeah. yeah yeah and then it became disputed and then that's when they split it into two yeah so um we don't have to hit every match on this card because it's towards the end of the week everyone's probably talked wrestlemania to, mm-hmm. to death but anything else big that that stood out to you at the show um, I mean, what what was the reaction in that Orton Wyatt match to like the weird tricks there they did laughter. with the worms? There was, and stuff? There, there was laughter, and I'm just like, freaking Kevin Dunn, man. And <laughs> to be honest with you, look, I said last week this was the match I was probably looking forward to the least, at least as far as the featured ones go. And uh, I'll I'll stand by it. I mean, I, I just I think of every this is the match that I enjoyed the least on the show. It just putting aside the goofiness of the gimmick of that stuff of like there being a pro wrestling match where all of a sudden worms are showing up on the map on the mat it like what was really stupid about it is it like had no effect and it like didn't play any role in the match like it wasn't like Orton was laying there and he like looks over he's like oh my god what's going on like he was he didn't sell it and he just hit the RKO and it was over so it made it like really dumb like that match to me was, you know, I thought one of the weaker spots of, of the main card. Randy looked a little disinterested during it too, or maybe he was just pissed off because the crowd uh, didn't really seem to care. Yeah. yeah. And how about Triple H, by the way, throwing some shade in a Sports Illustrated interview at Randy Orton? Did you guys read that? Yeah, when I saw like, that. I didn't see that. When, when he's like, 
yeah, you know, Randy could probably work a little harder. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Man. That and is... he could. I mean, Randy Orton could be really good, but, um, you know, it's ironic back when they did that build with him and Daniel Bryan at Mania 30 that on screen, you know, Stephanie and Triple H kept referring to Bryan as, like, this B-plus player. When, to me, like, Orton is the ultimate B-plus guy. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's very good. Like, that match with AJ on SmackDown a couple weeks ago was really good. I mean, he's had really good matches, but, like, just throw out a name. You compare him to John Cena last 10 years. Number of, like, really good matches. Cena has, it, it, it's not even close how many more great matches John Cena's had than Randy Orton. Yeah, I agree. He is the he is the embodiment of a B plus player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because we talked about in the in the build up to Mania how that feud was just too hokey for us to get involved in, mm-hmm. and and what they did is made it even hokier. And, and and this House of Horrors match that they're going to be building to now, I'm a little worried what <laughs> yeah. that's going to entail because it can it could be cool or it could be real hokey. Yeah, and I, and I didn't even hate the build up as much as you guys did uh, but it was just the fact that it should have been used to build up Bray but instead it was used to neuter him with a I don't know where RKO I feel terrible for Bray like you know all the word was Meltzer talked about this where the word was when the word was that Wyatt was winning the title oh we're really going to give Bray Wyatt this big push we're really going to finally run with Bray Wyatt and I mean what a worthless first title run that was i thought for him yeah so hey guys we haven't talked about the highlight of the night yet oh Chris jericho's light up scarf (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was that was a good match i liked it i liked the scarf i loved the uh fingertip on the rope yeah great call back to the finger of god poster it was awesome yes that, that that was good you know it was that was a really good match um it was tough because the opener was so good, was really good, and Match they had to the follow night. it. Um, but no, these guys had them, and the right guy went over. I, I think it makes sense when I thought about it more, just to get the title onto Owens because aren't they going to have work again at Payback? I think it'll probably be some gimmick awesome. match yeah. um, that you know writes Jericho out of the storyline because you know if they had extended it and you know Jericho won at Mania, then like you know. I think everyone, I mean, everyone knows Owens is winning anyway, but, you know, um, I, I think changing the title made sense there in that yeah. situation. And it was a good match. So I didn't think uh, for Brock Goldberg, or just mentioned this briefly, I didn't think the crowd seemed that into it, watching it on oh, the see, network. But you said live that was, it It was, they were really into it. Yeah, that's the one disparity. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, I have not watched the show on the network. But um, I was obviously there live. And the one dispute was uh, the crowd, at least my section, was red hot for that Lesnar goal. I mean, every single person was standing. I stood the whole match, which, I mean, wasn't, you know, a long. It wasn't like a freaking Iron Man match, obviously. But, <laughs> um, you know, cool. I mean, it was great. Every move drew a reaction. I thought it was really, really good. I mean, I like, do- yeah, I like told really Kyle before the show that it, I thought it was exactly what it needed to be. Yeah, yeah I would it agree was with so that. Unique. Like people are like, "Oh, they're just doing the." You know, first of all, if you're going to bitch about Goldberg only doing a couple moves, you better do this goddamn same thing. Pardon my French there about Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar only does a couple moves too. Yep. Yeah, the worst thing about that is Brock can do so much more, but it's like 
he's so hampered by that German suplex gimmick at this point. Yes, it hurts but his it, matches. It was it was so unique in you know you talk about sprints. You don't you know WWE rarely does sprints and it's big. It's the matches high up the card. This was cool in that like there just aren't a lot of give credit to these two. There aren't a lot of guys who can actually pull that match off where they just keep hitting big power moves, and it's the same big power move over and over, and the crowd just buys everything as a finish. Like, you know, like, every when Lesnar started German suplexing him, everyone's like, okay, he's just going to keep doing that, and it's going to be over. And then Goldberg popped up and speared him. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, like, this is on now. Uh, My favorite was, I, I thought uh, Lesnar was going to jump out of that stadium when he hopped uh, over the spear attempt. That was incredible. That that, that was, was just that was amazing. Good. It, showed, it reminded you how athletic that this guy is. Yeah. Was uh so Goldberg his response from the crowd like ninety percent booze probably. It, it was it was certainly it, it was certainly more negative. Yes. Yeah. Pe- people definitely wanted him to lose. Yes. Yeah. Which, but you know what? I've I've been very adamant. I think he did a good job on this run. Uh, Triple H Rollins. Crowd was dead at the beginning. Um, I was telling Justin off air. Maybe these Triple H entrances are getting a little too <laughs> masturbatory. I agree. The crowd was super into the entrance. Like, everyone's, you know, time to play the game. Um, uh, funny thing, we were there with a the guy who doesn't really watch. Um, in our group, there was a guy who just he doesn't really follow anything. And he said when Triple H came down, he's like, this sounds like drunken Motorhead doing this theme song. I'm like, well, you know, I think that the, let me, you know. Just threw this one together, believe it or not. He's like, well, I, um, I the Rollins entrance was, dare I say, fire. Yeah, but you know, it kind of came off as weak after that Triple H one, though. I think oh, uh, I, didn't, oh, I liked it better. Yeah, I, I liked it better too. I think Triple H is just getting awkward at this point. You got like Stephanie wearing stuff she probably shouldn't wear at this point in her oh, life. Oh. <laughs> She's the whole Ryan thing Rossi's is pictures going to be thrown up at the Titan Tower. He's never getting <laughs> in with that comment. Well, I mean, seriously, like it is getting, like you said, it's it's getting kind of bizarre. These entrances, like, I don't know how Triple H keeps a. It just takes so freaking long. I mean, people, you want to talk about like the show going seven hours? You know, the Triple H entrance didn't need to be, you know, one hour or whatever it was. So, um, the the crowd though. So Justin agreed with me on this, and I want to know about you. The match was worked properly, although it it's wasn't getting heat early. The match clearly should have been. Triple H working the knee. Like, no doubt about it in my mind. So the fact that it, people are like, oh, well, you know, the crowd was sitting on its hands. You know, you can't say that's on the crowd, but, like, to me, they were working the match the right way. And the crowd did pick up at the end. You know, Stephanie's second year in a row at Mania took her bump. Um, oh, that was that. that was awesome when she went through the table. And by the way, I'm not saying that she doesn't look good in what she's wearing. Oh, here he goes. Already backing off. <laughs> no, I'm saying that, like, People of her age don't wear outfits like that. It was kind of. Yeah, weird. I, I don't. You know, I don't dress you're like not, a teenager. You're not going to the right bars, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't play into her character. You know, like as like this successful businesswoman. It was like it's kind of strange, <laughs> for lack of a better word. And by the way, Triple H's entrance. Justin had possibly the most successful tweet in the history of our Twitter account, mocking Triple H's entrance. If you didn't see it. I missed it. And I was I was on Twitter too. What what did it say? I think it had over two hundred likes, two hundred retweets. It said uh Triple H coming out to WrestleMania like, and then it was a gif of Michelle Tanner rolling up in a little three wheeler. 
that's good. The sunglasses and leather jacket, I think, on or something. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, it picked up by the end, and it, it was nice to see Rollins. Win. We, the only thing that was weird was no Joe. Yeah. You know, everyone just assumed he was going to interfere in this thing, and um, he did not. Which the way the end went down, I'm fine with. Yeah. Um, yeah. If if you guys don't have anything else on this match, I have a question for Kyle about the live crowd for a certain certain guy. Yeah. Uh oh. Um, watching it almost seemed like he was the most boy damn near cheered guy in the ring that night. The Miz was he just like over like Rover? He he so I mean, he he was getting a reaction. Yeah, and but he was. It was weird because he was attempting to get that reaction, which is something you don't see from Miz. Miz very clearly was trying to do the cool heel, which he doesn't do very often. Um, it was interesting. I don't know if maybe he was a little irritated that they were losing in 10 minutes or whatever. But yeah, he was getting a good reaction. Uh, from the crowd. He, and, you know, I mean, it was the same thing on SmackDown. I mean, it's it just kind of the de facto thing by him being opposite of Cena. You know, people just like to boo John Cena, so they're going to cheer the guy who's working against him. But, yeah, yeah he, he was true. he was very over. Well, I don't really have anything left but, for WrestleMania I, unless you guys do. I got a couple comments I, or a couple moments I'd at least like to point out. Uh, Charlotte's corkscrew moonsault. I thought was amazing. Just kind of like up in the ante from her uh, moonsault last year. And then we also haven't talked about uh, the Hardys. Oh, oh yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> was that the biggest pop of the night? Yes. Um, so it was really funny. Like the next day, my buddy's world joke, like at first while it was going on and shame on me for even entertain, like thinking WWE would, could be this dumb because like it would have been all timer when the new day was like doing, they were building up to it. I'm like, if this isn't the Hardys, this crowd is going to, like, storm the ring and just, like, riot. I'm like, if New Day, like, says, and it's us, and they start doing it, I'm like, my God, this is going to be the biggest heel reaction of all time. But, yeah, when they came out, it it was great. And, uh, you know, the next day we were joking, like, how it would have been actually really funny if the New Day was just like, it is us. Like, (laughs) they they played that perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, And I'll say this about the New Day, because I'm not their biggest fan, you know. Um. With the show being as long as it was, I was glad there was no real needless comedy. That opening segment was pretty pointless. I'll say that. But, um, you know, they had them at, introduce the uh, – or that announce the fake number that they did, which I know um, somebody better check uh, in Southern California. I believe Dave Meltzer still having some heart issues over that. He was very upset with that number. <laughs> um, and, it, and it was wrong. Let's, there's no denying that. Um and they did the thing with the Hardys, which was good. So, but yeah, I'm glad there was no like bad comedy with them. And before the uh, commentary brought up something that kind of blew my mind, but before I say that, I just want to point out another moment from that ladder match I loved was the dual uh, swing and beats of the Bowery from Sheamus and Cesaro. That is a great... oddly enough, who are oddly enough for hitting their stride like months after they had their championship <laughs> reign. Look, I told you, like. Uh, Ryan and I kind of like had this disagreement. Like I remember on Sheamus and I get that Sheamus, he's been around for a long time and he's pretty stale as a singles, but like that beats the Bowery. That is one of always the most over spots in any, like there are very few moves that consistently get a good reaction. Like that one does. 
that's that simple of a move. Yeah, I, I, I like Sheamus. Um, so, okay, something that the commentary team said after the match, that was the first time the tag titles have changed hands since WrestleMania 17. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I certainly can't remember any of them. But. I'm not going to dispute them. Um, a lot of times they're just... They were, they were in like pre-show limbo for the longest time. But even then, like, I, I had a hard time believing that. And I had looked it up because I'm thinking, well, shit, maybe they just haven't been defended on a lot of these WrestleManias. Yeah. But they've been defended on almost every one. And you go back, go through the Wikipedia page. and You did? Okay. It's yeah. It's amazing some of these people that retained. is Wow. Shocking. That's crazy. Hmm. Well, I think the next night we certainly got a reset on the oh, roster yeah. and Ooh. I'm going to start booing every time you try and talk. <laughs> that was a great opening segment to raw. Oh, Amazing. That so Perfect. <laughs> that, that was, was the only time of the night. I'm going to give that crowd any credit whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, the rest of the night, it was like, my God, what a, what a horrible crowd to try to make it about themselves constantly in the beach balls. And Jesus, do you blame EC? Should, is it about time that we just call a spade a spade and blame ECW for these crowds? Like the, the, when the crowds try taking over the show and making it all about them, and they're like, like no attention to anything. It's like you know that like every single minute has to be some attention grabbing spot. Maybe we should just blame those damn Brits because uh, <laughs> that's what happens in the UK every time they're over there. I would I would put more of the blame on Full Sail. Oh yeah, them too. That's really bad in the UK, though. Like, like obviously, I didn't know you guys back then, and we haven't. But like, what what is your like? I think like it's kind of funny. Like, I think you know, people have this nostalgic vision of ECW, and and there were times where it was really good. But I mean, ECW is overrated to me. Is not a hot take. It's just a correct take. (laughs) I don't know if I'd say overrated, but I didn't see a lot of ECW because. The only we only had access to it on the pay per views once they started running pay per view. We didn't oh, get okay. the syndicated. Well, well, and that's to be honest to me, that's when most people did like their numbers were highest. And by then it was not that good. Like yeah. once they put like Shane Douglas on top. I mean, I was following it like in the wrestling magazines and stuff, but yeah, I, I was always kind of jealous because I'd read about it and it sounded cool, but I couldn't couldn't watch. It. I think one of my friends had direct TV and he could watch it, but our local cable company didn't get the syndicated television, so. Justin, did you watch ECW much in the nineties? No, I, like you, I didn't really have access to it. Okay. Yeah. See, we got we got access to the TV on a good old Sports Channel Ohio, um, which has now um, been bought by Fox Sports. It's the channel that has the Cavs on a Cleveland Cavs team, which, by the way, is whipping the Boston Celtics ass right now. Justin, yeah. I mean, I'm that. It. here we go. I'm I mean watching that. It. I mean, you. I got a stat for you. If the Cavs play the Celtics in the playoffs. LeBron James will be the best player on the floor in all seven games, or yeah, however long uh, that goes. I mean, awesome. that boy, that boy is motivated tonight. Boston should have done whatever it took to get Jimmy Butler on that team. And they're going to regret it in the playoffs. I mean, LeBron James, are you aware of this man's stats tonight? No. Last I looked, he was he was at thirty six, ten and eight, and the and the Cavs were up twenty six. Well, all I know is that he's the big dog and it's his yard. Yes, it is. <laughs> all right, yeah, let's so let's let's get back to that. That that was so I did watch that that on um 
on um, YouTube uh, just to see what the reaction was compared to live. It was nothing like being in the building. That's that. like so. It's it's crazy how much you guys liked it because being in that building, it was a it was among the best segments I've ever been a part of live for a Monday Night Raw. The best one ever will always be Mike Tyson joining DX. Like nothing will ever beat that. I was there live when Michaels ripped his shirt off. But this was like right below that in terms of a TV segment. Well, I, after the uh, the Taker Undertaker match on on Twitter and, and other sources, I saw a lot of people shitting on it, and especially Roman Reigns, and saying that that didn't do Roman Reigns any favor beating Undertaker, and he sh- he wasn't the right guy to do it. Him him saying this is my yard now, and that crowd's reaction. Oh my god! It, that that solidifies that that was the right move. Yes, I mean that that was one of the best. I mean. It just shows, like, what people don't understand is once you get to a certain level, you do less. It's the old less is more thing, like I talked about with the indies. Like, that, you know, this is my yard now. What is it? This is my yard. Five-word, that five-word promo was, like, as effective as any opening promo segment on Raw in 10, 15 years. Yeah, that was Roman Reigns' pipe bomb. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just incredible. Um, it, it was, you know, the only thing though is Raw definitely peaked in that segment. I'll say that, man. Like, um, I, I referenced it in my SmackDown recap that Raw um, after that was the highlight of Raw, and it's really odd when you're putting a show together to make the first segment the best segment, especially when said show is three hours long. Justin is weeping a little bit right now if you're not going to acknowledge Finn Balor's return as being a highlight of Raw. Oh, no, that was good, but that Roman Reigns moment was terrific and kind of like what Kyle's saying, that was the best moment of the night, although I totally get why they started it off because they did well, the yeah, Undertaker made, package and all that. Yeah, I mean, it made sense, that video, and we all kind of thought it would be. Um, we'll talk about the Balor thing in a moment. I, I thought they actually... I'm interested to see where they go with it because I was one of the people who actually was apparently worked into thinking they should have done something completely else, different. But um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was unbelievable, man, for that to go on. But yeah, I'm with you. The, the crowd, the crowd did enhance that segment compared to a lot of the other segments where I thought well, they took away. You had like you had like a, a damn near five to eight minute thank you taker chant that slowly began a uh, Roman sucks, and then boom, his music comes out, and you get 10 minutes of just people shitting on him. All. He, <laughs> he points at his palm. Yeah, that was... I did not catch that live. That was incredible. While he mouthed, I've got you right there. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. Oh, boy. Because he hasn't been built up to be the guy everyone hates. The company wants him to be the face of the company, but the, the baby face. Work. So, like, to, just to play devil's advocate, you could make the argument he isn't the right guy because this isn't the reaction they actually want for him. And it's not the one they've tried to get for him. It's, so, yeah. all right. In the classic wrestling sense, you're absolutely correct. But John Cena has provided the blueprint for this. Yeah, Roman Reigns isn't John Cena. You know what? His merchandise is getting on track as far as regulars go. His merchandise is number one now. And he's getting pretty close. <laughs> that, that is such a... Who, who reported that? Meltzer? Yeah. That is such a BS stat because look at all the guys that are on top of the company right now. Sorry, Dave, I'm putting you on blast. That's a bullshit stat because John Cena, 
not considered a regular. Brock Lesnar, not considered a regular. Bill Goldberg, not considered a regular. Like, to say, oh, he's number one of the regulars, what's that mean, fourth or fifth place? Well, I mean, that's, that's one bogus. of the regulars. That's bogus. Come oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I, think, I think here's the I problem. Think he needs to go. I know he already is kind of a heel, but this shows you how if he went full heel, how awesome he could be. Yeah, but see, here's the problem. I think you'd lose the dynamic of the protest. Like yeah. so much of it, what makes him work, it's like Cena. It's that it, it's a new it's a new world we're in in pro wrestling, you know, where a guy can be the number one baby face to part of the audience, and he's like the number one heel to another part of the audience simultaneously. It's really hard in 2017 to get anything to have, like anything, like not forget about wrestling, just like life, for anything to be universally liked. Mm, like Daniel Bryan did it pretty damn recently. I, I was going to, okay, I was going to say, <laughs> he was the closest, but, you know, there was the problem that, A, they didn't, see him in that role which was unfortunate i mean it's wrong that they they were wrong daniel bryan should have been given a bigger push but other than daniel bryan i mean post austin rock there has not been a top universally loved baby face in my opinion other than daniel bryan yes yeah well you know john cena though he originally got himself over organically and was very popular before the mixed stuff happened and that like i've always gone back to reigns has never had that you know he was like so if you go back and watch the problem with roman reigns it's interesting you bring up daniel bryan where it all went wrong with roman reigns because remember people what a difference a year makes royal rumble 14 people wanted him to win even though it would make no sense people wanted him to win that match the one that dave batista won um but where it all went wrong was later that year when Daniel Bryan came back and they had the great freaking story handed to him on a silver platter with Bryan coming back to challenge Brock Lesnar and they didn't and people liked Daniel Bryan more than they liked Roman Reigns and the like it wasn't like one of those things where the fans just like illogically want something that makes no sense like in that case the story was right fucking there for WWE to tell and they didn't do it and they told a worse story. So that is when Roman Reigns went wrong. Like, I thought he was fine, um, like, early post-Shield. Like, when he was working Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Like, you, I, I remember watching that being like, okay, I can see what they see in him. Yeah, they also went wrong when they started scripting his promos. And he well, was it wasn't really like that promos. era to the suffering succotash, yeah. that atrocity. Yeah, yeah. Um, something that bothers me is... Uh, and I think it's a complaint that a lot of people have is they don't like him because they, they think WWE is, is trying to build him as some super baby face. But I think somewhere in this past year, they pivoted. Cause like I said, last week, he is a heel to the smarts and a, a face to the marks. I mean, look at what they did with him at Royal rumble, having him come out at 30. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. By, like that's all they- they're trying to do is get a reaction. Yes. That's the, that's he's the, not drawing business, though, is the problem. Yeah, I don't know. There were a lot look of at people. Their, look at their television ratings. They are god-awful yeah, during the Reigns push era. They've just consistently them. been going down, 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 down. Yeah, that's not all on Reigns, though. And just like all the success can't be pinned on I mean, I you can't criticize WWE business right now. I mean, well, I was just... I was to criticize WWE business. 
I was just in a stadium that had a lot of people. They did 50,000 plus in January for the Rumble. I mean, that's the brand more than the booking, though. It is. Well, yeah. exactly. So they, I, have, I they have a hard time selling out the non big four pay per views. Yeah, I think they do. But markets. I mean, overall, I think WWE business is okay. I mean, I don't think you can really give too much credit or too much blame to any individual performer because you're right. It's the brand right now more than anything. All right. Well, we can go around and around in circles on this. I one, believe the but... Superdome. I think they're going to have to build additions to the Superdome next year for based on Roman Reigns. How many people he's going to bring in? Guys, can we? <laughs> guys, can we talk about the revival kicking over uh, <laughs> his ice cream truck? <laughs> oh man, I got plenty more to say on this subject, but uh, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you take it away. I just thought that was a. a, a perfect welcoming of the revival coming down and yeah. kicking that thing over and stomping on it that that's hey this is the revival it was cool that that was cool actually because like um the crowd was expecting it when they called it out you know i heard word a couple days before around town that the revival was raw bound and um and, you know of course the crowd they get what they want they were they popped big for the debut um, they kind of sat on their hands during the match itself. Not that the match was raw and bad or anything, but, um, you know, it, it certainly seems Longview Hardy's revival uh, will be the um, focal point of the raw tag team division, I think. And hopefully we can lock Vince in a closet and have a nice Southern wrestling match. <laughs> did you get your uh, Southern Pro Wrestling? What is no, Southpaw Pro Wrestling? T-shirt. Were they selling those at Mania? Yes. Yes, yes, they were. There were quite a few. There were a lot of Enzo. There's, I'll tell you who. There a ton of merchandise. Enzo and Cass. I, that's so surprising because most of their merchandise is hideous. They have like some. Well, of the I, mean, ugly I, worn any, I mean, I wouldn't have worn any of it, but I mean, there were a lot of people that were. A lot of soft T-shirts. <laughs> All right. Well, hey guys, I think we got to wrap this up because we've been going. What about at SmackDown? It. What about Shinsuke Nakamura? <laughs> what about the week? Uh well, he didn't do much. I mean, he, it was a great moment. He came out. I guess he's going to be feuding with Miz. What a great feud that's going to be. It will be. I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, yeah, big debut there. SmackDown was pretty good. Oh, I yeah. don't know, though. I, I There's portions of SmackDown I didn't see, but at first glance, I almost enjoyed Raw better for the first time in a while. Mm. Oh, see, see Raw, I, I, going up to Mania, I was enjoying Raw more. I thought SmackDown was a better show this week. I think Raw had two really good bookends on it. I thought the Balor return and then the Reigns thing at the beginning were both really good. Um, but, yeah, I, t I told people that don't usually watch Raw after the show that it was a great, great show and that they should watch the replay. I don't say that very often. I thought, other than the two bookends, nothing. I mean, the Hardys worked, but I thought the Cruiserweight match was good. I thought it was too long, though. Yeah. I, think, I thought they needed to do more character development than just wrestling and i could have said the same for the revival too um and you know maybe i'm on an island here i thought balor should have turned on rollins and they should have formed the new evolution i don't know where i was waiting to see if something went like i'm glad they did explain like on commentary to their credit they didn't ignore the fact oh, they that, did that, yeah they did they talked about how you know how the team was a little awkward because okay good, the good injury good, good, good. they didn't ignore that i was okay. i was worried they would ignore it because that okay. was like a glaring weakness there okay yeah, good, good. Okay, because obviously being there live, I didn't know. And I, I was like, God, man, I hope they're acknowledging that. Yeah, they did. So that was good. Um, what do we think about the superstar shakeup, though? Hmm. Like, what do we? Th what are the big changes? So they had rumored Reigns was going to go to SmackDown, but I don't think there's any way it's going to happen now. Yeah, they might keep 
it, it's, it'd be a way to keep him and Lesnar separate then for the year. Yeah. God, Brock might not be around until like late May from the looks of it. Yeah. But, you know, and they'll just have to establish a new contender on Raw. I, I think if you're looking for just some obvious ones, Charlotte and Alexa Bliss should be swapped. I think Enzo and Cass need to go to SmackDown because I think it's redundant to have them and New Day on the same show because they both kind of serve the same function. Um, but other than that, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, because, yeah, they were, there's there's rumors of a Reigns-AJ swap. So, Yeah. I don't know. I'd be, I'd be shocked with if Reigns switched at this point. It, it seems like AJ is going to switch, but I guess we won't be getting AJ Nakamura then. Yeah, I think that's still, you know, long view. I mean, again, I wrote in the review, they do not they should not rush that match. Build it up, make the people want it, man. It's and true. and by the people, I mean like the the audience at large. I mean, there's some people, you know, people have already seen it. There's no need to rush it just so, just so they could see it again in a WWE ring. Make it mean something. Yeah. I'm glad they did the Nakamura debut in Orlando because uh definitely with that crowd came off as a bigger deal oh yeah he came off as a huge superstar yeah i think in you know if they would have been having that show elsewhere say let's see where it was a bad audience recently green bay wisconsin possibly maybe nakamura doesn't get the same kind of reaction coming out pittsburgh yeah so i don't know i thought it was a good week of tv i thought it was really great uh what six days or so to be a pro wrestling fan going back to last thursday Mm -hmm. when the show started so uh, I know I ha- I still have a lot to watch on my queue on Flow Slam, so I I think uh, Evolve eighty one is next on my list. Okay. You know what else you should watch? What? More Roman Reigns. <laughs> I watch plenty of Roman Reigns. <laughs> I, I'm not even saying I don't like Roman Reigns, Kyle. I'm just I'm just providing the, the counter argument. So so. We we were doing that incessantly on the plane right now. The dun like every time there was like it was silent on the plane. Me and my three buddies, we were doing the rain song. And I swear to God, my buddy grabbed the uh, the the mic from the flight attendant when we landed and said, "Welcome to the big dog's yard." <laughs> <laughs> I, honest, honest to God, I would say I like him more than I dislike him at this point. I'm just I'm just looking at this as far as why people have problems with him, and I can emphasize with. A lot of that but i think i think he can definitely be a success moving forward i just understand the frustration on why he is where he is People. I, I got, go ahead justin i got a quick question for kyle since he was there what was the crowd chanting during that seamus and cesaro they were just chanting their names weren't like oh seamus and cesaro to be honest with you part of that i was pulling off some of my usual shady dealings and i was quite frankly smuggling some of my buddies into a better section ah. so I, I was not i was not being fully attentive during that match unfortunately i was trying but like um uh, a couple seats had opened up next to me and my one buddy and i was like hey guys come down here and i'll give you my tickets and we'll all walk down so well i think we need to set the goal that all three of us will be at the superdome next year oh yeah we'll what. do a live cast from the hotel pool where all Kyle will be running around Street. in a drunken rant. All of us will be on Bourbon Street. I'll tell you what, baby. I haven't been to New Orleans since they, oof, since the four seasons and the French Quarter threw us out. <laughs> since Clash of the Champions in 89, brother. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. me, me and Kyle will have our uh, Roman Reigns gear on, helping move that merch. 
Oh uh, yeah, you know I should have bought. It. I just they don't even make them. adult Roman Reigns T-shirts, Justin. Such a good pro wrestler. I started out that whole conversation saying I'm going to play devil's advocate. Now you guys think I'm just like one of the. Now we just marks. think you're the devil. We just think. Yeah, you're the devil. you think I'm like going to the marks, but no, you legitimately everything I said was I was just bringing out the facts. Ticket sales, TV rating. I just don't. I don't see the correlation with John Cena. I've never seen this company hotter in my career. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Vince keeps telling himself. God, he looks old. When he came out on Raw, cheesy. He, there was some of the old Vince with, you people are being cruel. Like, that was kind of funny, the thing yeah. with, with Stephanie. But God, Vince, when I, I went back and watched that on TV, too, that segment, when he introduced Angle, Vince, man, he's looking old. <laughs> Something about his eyebrows look really weird last yeah. couple of years. I don't know if he had a facelift or he has someone doing his eyebrows weird or something. He looks, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Tell you what, man, they're not letting you in Titan Towers with the way you're talking about the main appearance. Don't bash Steph. I, by the way, come on. I just said she shouldn't dress in those outfits. Nothing about her, per, her person. Uh, bashing Roma Reigns, man, can't do that. And now Vince's nope. eyebrows. My God. <laughs> uh, they were my three highlights of the weekend. Those things that you. Just said. <laughs> All right, we're gonna sign off for the night, guys. Um, Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week for another edition of Top Rope Nation. Check us out on Twitter at TR Nation Podcast. And subscribe on iTunes. Leave a rating. Watch for Justin's live tweets during the shows. Yeah! special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.